Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be asking, who was the first royal grandmaster? As is well established, Freemasonry had a number of royal early patrons. Who were they? Um, yes, this is, is interesting because the uh, we can see from the constitutions of 1723 that right from the beginning, the the uh, first Masons wanted to have a noble Grand Master. And uh, the Prince of Wales, who is um, normally the, who is the eldest son of, of any monarch, um, at the time, the Prince of Wales was uh, Prince George, and he was the son of George III. And uh, the Prince of Wales was elected the first Royal Grand Master in 1790. And um, when the King died, uh, he ascended the throne as uh, King George IV in 1820. So one thing, um, if you look at the cartoons, particularly in my book, I have several cartoons of the Prince of Wales, uh, you'll see that he was seriously obese. He weighed uh, 24 stone. Uh, that is 150 kilos, nearly three times what I weigh. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> if we go into another lockdown, I'm not going to be far off that weight myself. Uh, and he also had uh, lots of other problems, particularly financial ones, as he spent so much money um, on refurbishing Carlton House in London and building a palace for himself in the south of England called the Royal Pavilion uh, uh, in Brighton. And secondly, and this isn't so well known, uh, he had secretly married a Catholic woman, uh, Maria Fitzherbert, uh, against his father's wishes. <clears throat> Brighton Pavilion is worth describing to the listeners not familiar with it, as the architectural style showed the external cultural influences in British society at the time. The architectural style is listed as Gothic, Chinese and Indo-Saracenic, and I would like to say to the layman that it kind of resembles the Taj Mahal. Yes, and you can see how you can see inside, uh, like the famous kitchens, and see how the people lived at the time. <clears throat> anyway, his father, um, King George the Third, was about to cut him off, and so obviously he, he would have no money for his lavish lifestyle. So he married uh, his father's choice of consort, uh, Caroline of Brunswick. Now this meant that he was committing bigamy. And there was an uh, uproar in society. And this uh, then included the Pope. And of course, he supported the Catholic uh, Fitzherbert. Then uh, King George III suddenly died. And at, the, at King George V's uh, coronation, um, he actually excluded his wife, Caroline, from the ceremony. Uh, she died the next year. And so um, King George IV just continued to see his, um, I suppose, his wife, uh, Fitzherbert, but he also had many other mistresses. And uh, he's, he's understood to have had some illegitimate children, including one called James Ord, who emigrated to America. So presumably his, his relatives are still alive somewhere in America. Uh, anyway, it's, it's thought it'd be difficult for a king 
to perform the duties of a grand master, a a grand master, a, a deputy grand master was elected, and then later a pro grand master was elected to do the day to day duties of the Grand Lodge. And at the time of the union of the, mod, the moderns and the ancients in 1813, uh, Prince of Wales, uh, sorry, Prince George, who's Prince of Wales, he stepped down in favor of his younger brother, Prince Augustus Frederick who then became the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge, United Grand Lodge of England. So there was a line of royal succession within the Lodge. Very interesting. Yes. So um, after George, uh, Prince of Wales, who served for 23 years from 1790 to 1813, uh, there have been 15 Grand Masters and eight of them were British royalty. Uh, so this is an indication of how far that Freemasonry had become to be accepted by society. Uh, if you include the members of the royal family who do not use uh, royal highness in their titles, for example, um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, uh, Harry Windsor, uh, he can no longer use the title royal highness in his title. So if you include all of these uh, other royalty, there have been 23 members of the royal family have been Freemasons, uh, though not all of them, of course, were Grand Masters. Having a royal Grand Master must have really elevated the institution's status at the time. It's such an interesting time in British history. So I think the important thing about having a royal Grand Master is it gave the organisation both authority and trust. Uh, and it was a sign of stability. And this is exactly what the first three grandmasters had hoped for. Well, that brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, email us on the link below. We now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.